Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Sarah, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Crystal. Hey there. Chef. Hey, everybody. And Jamie. What's up, guys? And today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we're going to discuss the question, how do you lead students of the opposite gender? And what should you keep in mind when leading students of the opposite gender? So... Who wants to dive in first? Well, I'm so glad we're talking about this. Yes. Because when we speak particularly to women in youth ministry around the country, it's one of the questions we get is how do you lead the guys in your ministry? Because as women, we get that question all the time. And I don't know, maybe you do, maybe you don't as men in youth ministry. Do Mm -hmm. Do people ask you, how are you going to lead girls? Or is that just something that we get asked? I get asked occasionally, but it's far more the other way around. Yeah. I think traditionally it is the male in front. So, um, which is not necessarily a good thing, but mm-hmm. so when a woman gets up, it's, it's interesting to me because um, when we would have female speakers, this was probably 10, 13 years mm-hmm. ago, 15 years ago, um, I really pushed to have female speakers and I would get that question about mm-hmm. what about the boys, will they pay right. attention, all those sorts of things. And it was never the boys who complained. That's interesting. It was yeah. girls who complained about, and women small group leaders uh-huh. who complained about. Mm-hmm. And that may be a whole other topic, yeah. but right. that was usually where the tension came from, and the boys were always like, no, it was great. <laughs> you know? yeah, I well, think... that's a whole other topic, because the women in the room know what's at stake when a woman gets <laughs> yeah. on stage, and we're like, well, hit a home run, me. girl. Yeah, do not stink. You can yeah. do that. You're, everyone's watching. Yeah. I, I mean, I do, I, I do think there are so many layers to this. You could back up really far, but yeah. one of the things, for like the female leaders listening to this right now, one of the things you definitely need to do right from the start is realize your context. And are you in a context that actually affirms women in leadership and Mm -hmm. women on the stage and women speaking? Because if not, then, I mean, you've got a whole different set of of ways to honor your authorities, but yet fight for the ministry that God's called you to in that context than Mm -hmm. those of us, or those of you, excuse me, Mm -hmm. who are in churches and context that, you know, recognize yeah. that women can lead and, and speak up there with, with men. Well, so. it seems like, okay, so there's a couple of different ways to look at this. We're talking about someone on a stage speaking and kind of leading from the stage, but also some church context, you're going to, you could potentially have a leader of an opposite gender of a small group, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that, mm-hmm. there's, that's another layer of complications I yeah. would think. Yeah. So, yeah. I've served in ministries where we had co-ed small groups and okay. that was always a attention advantage of does yeah. this, does this really serve everybody in the group? Do you yeah. then need two leaders in the group? Does the group ever split? And sometimes those groups went really well, if I'm being honest. And really? sometimes they went really, really badly. So what would be the reasoning behind doing that? I, for, to me, it seems like it would be natural to have same gender leaders with same gender kids. So what would be the, why Why would you not have that? Is manpower. it lack of manpower? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Manpower, lack. just the amount of kids. Although I feel like if you've got two then you can have a small group with a leader. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and um, so that's important. This is an interesting, because I automatically went to, after a certain age, you need to be in separate gender groups. Okay. And I think it might be a window that may open and then close back again. Like, I feel like the older people get, hmm. the more this can happen. And what broke me of that was I went to, I went to a week-long conference called Ultimate Leadership mm-hmm. uh, with John Townsend, Henry Cloud. It was it was an interesting thing where they basically crack your head open and your heart open on a rock, and they in a small group context. <laughs> that sounds great. I mean, it, <laughs> it was uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. But it, for me, as an introvert, it was an interesting thing, and to walk into a group of men and women, adult men and women, and expect to share some of the things that. 
were shared. Yeah. Um, and that w- they were shared. Yeah. And it went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changed my perspective on this. Oh, but I do. But I wonder in middle school, like, you know, just trying to get boys to talk about things boys need to talk right. about, girls mm-hmm. need to talk about what girls need to talk about. They're so focused on what does this other person think right. of me at that age. That's mm-hmm. just a developmental reality. I wonder if there's just a window where whatever you can do, make it gender specific, and then that window may, you know, later Absolutely. On I mean, I don't think that's what this is about. I don't think yeah. this is about... I think we all kind of intuitively get uh, there's a there's an age where we need to pair up genders because right. you know the m- puberty's coming into play mm-hmm. right. and yeah. and uh, all that kind of stuff. I think where I imagine a lot of women are feeling the tension is you're like a youth pastor, yeah, yeah. and you got volunteers that are male yeah. or you're up there speaking to mm-hmm. not just females, yeah. you're speaking to males mm-hmm. as well. And um, I'll be honest, like if I was, I would say different things to the genders about this issue to women. I would say, and I would just have this conversation with. A, an amazing up-and-coming female leader just the other day, she, she came in my office and she started to describe her personality. And if you've done any of those personality tests, you mm-hmm. may recognize some of these terms. She was a red on the color mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. She was an eight on the Enneagram <laughs> or a seven-wing eight or something like that. She was um, a motivator on the right path test. Right. And then she told me these things because I asked. I said, hey, tell me about yourself. What's your personality? What's this? And she then spent 10 to 15 minutes apologizing to me hmm. for that personality saying, well, but, but you know, it doesn't mean that I do this and, and you know, and I'm not too opinionated here and I just want right. you to know that it doesn't mean this. And eventually I was like, Hey, just hold on. Can I interrupt you? Stop apologizing to me for how you're wired. Yeah. You're wired. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that would be, man, if I could in two words say what I would say to women leaders, I would say, stop apologizing for being great, for being strong, for being yeah. smart, for being bold for having a personality that's a leader kind of personality. Yeah. Uh, it's really unfortunate in a lot of our organizations, and especially in our, quote, industry, in the church right. world or the um, nonprofit world, that mm-hmm. people with those personalities who are men, they get called leaders. Women with those personalities, we they get, get called, called <laughs> ballbusters and, <laughs> and another B word that I don't yeah. think we can say on this podcast. And was, women out there who listen to this, you know that that's true. Jamie yeah. I was hired by... <laughs> Um, I was in education, in middle mm-hmm. school education. Up north, I was, it was half men, half women on staff. When I moved to Georgia, it was all women and like two men. And like, in fact, the kids called me like their first boy teacher. Is how they <laughs> it. Super fun stuff. But I was hired by a strong woman leader uh-huh. who was hired to come clean up schools. That's what she did. But her nickname was Bloody Mary. Oh, And I just wow. remember thinking, wow. If that was a man, his nickname would be like the Liberator or right. something. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Mary gets Bloody Mary, you know, because yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Strong leader. She was great. Made decisions. Made hard decisions. Yeah. You know, sometimes it was like, "Do you have a heart?" You know. Yeah. But those are some of the decisions you need to make in those situations. That's why she's hired. She comes in for two or three years, cleans up, hands it off. Anyway, I don't know that that's necessarily what we're talking about either. But it's such an interesting. Well, it brings up an interesting point, though, that there's an expectation of what women in leadership look like and what that personality type should be. And if we're preparing girls to be those leaders. And if we're preparing girls to be those leaders. And that I've seen that carry over a lot onto student ministry stages. Mm -hmm. Like, I've just noticed women get handed certain topics Mm -hmm. over and over and over. And I've started to, like, pray when I see a woman walk on stage that she's not talking about identity Mm -hmm. and self-image. Just talk about something. Oh, she's a woman? Let's get her to talk about identity. Yes, yes. And it it might not even be her thing. Like that might not be the topic that she's the best. But that's when we have women speak. But that's when we have women speak. Yeah. Yeah. 
That yeah, is interesting. That's true. And Jamie, I think you brought up an interesting point too. You had this woman come into your office and and describe herself and then apologize. You probably haven't had men come into your office Never. with those characteristics and apologize for it. But there's something to be said, not just for the environment that the women are working in, whether they feel that kind of pressure from leadership or not, but maybe a lot of women aren't necessarily comfortable with that themselves being that way yet. And so there's something to be said for coming more self-aware of how you're wired and embracing that individually and not just in your kind of work environment and expecting other people to validate you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's similar, I would imagine, to that Dove commercial we've all seen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they ask women... Um, hey, or and even some older guys like throw like a girl, run like a girl, and mm-hmm. so on, and they do like the lamest, mm-hmm. most unathletic motions. Mm-hmm. But then they ask little girls, and they ran hard, they threw hard, and mm-hmm. they punched hard, like fiercely mm-hmm. and with you know skill. Mm-hmm. And uh, the yeah, I, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of I don't know if it's the right word, but a little bit of PTSD that continues to linger, especially yeah. in, in women our age who are trying to lead, who've yeah. got this lingering idea that. Here's what a woman looks like mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. leadership, if they even belong there at all. Right. And that's, that's unfortunate. But it's interesting to think of if, if they, as a leader, begin to change what it could mean for the generation behind them. Right. If they begin to embrace. We're going to need pioneers. So, so no one teaches women shouldn't be in leadership. No one, I mean, some people probably do, actually. Actually, people do they teach do. that. <laughs> but um, back to my point, like those of us who are listening to this podcast thinking, how do we encourage women to be leaders? We accidentally do it. We, right. we do it subconsciously. We do it through the examples that we're used to. What are those? And how do we, like, That's a good you know, question. as we're preparing to speak, as we're writing small group questions, as we're figuring out who's going to speak on what topics, mm-hmm. what are some of the things to you two ladies that we need to be thinking through? So I'll just give you th- throw an example. Like, I was a science teacher. Mm-hmm. And from the beginning, for whatever reason, and I, I honestly don't know, I was super sensitive to the fact um, that 20 years ago when I was a science teacher that there were, I, I think it was because my girlfriend in college was in the engineering program and mm-hmm. she was one of the few and the dean of students told her, this isn't really for you. Oh my you, wow. You know, like you just, you're probably going to find a husband in there. And um, it was, you know, it was this interesting message. Mater. Yeah. Our alma mater. <laughs> that's right. And, um, and uh, it's not that way anymore mm. from what yeah. I understand. That's good. But I think that's why I was so sensitive to it. Yeah. So I was, as a science teacher, I on purpose would make sure that girls who were good at science and math knew that somebody thought they were good at science and math. Yeah. Those are the sorts of things I think I'm yeah. just talking about. Yeah. I think what I think the point of even just having a woman on stage occasionally, you recognize yourself. I mean, there's mm-hmm. something to be said for seeing yourself up there Yeah. and thinking, oh, maybe I could do that too since... She's doing it. I was so proud of our church recently because we were doing a dating series because it's the time of year when everyone in America does a dating series with their high schoolers and a girl was on stage. Valentine's Day before prom, right? (laughs) That's right. Between Valentine's Day and prom, you've got to do it. Um, A girl's on stage and she's not teaching a girly topic. She's teaching Mm -hmm. like any other dating topic to both guys and girls. There was no question of, will this advice apply to you boys? No, she just taught like anybody else would teach. And I was silently trying to get myself under control to not cheer in the back of the room. Like, yes, you can talk about that too. Hmm. Yeah. I think to men, uh, as far as changing this culture, like I think definitely step one would be looking in the mirror Mm -hmm. and does the Holy spirit need to do some work in me to leave behind some stereotypes that Mm -hmm. women can't lead or that they're 
not logical or they do things like a girl, you know, like we mm-hmm, were saying, that's mm-hmm. definitely a question worth asking. Yeah. Even if you're like, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to be that way, but maybe on accident, right. I've right. just made some assumptions that, that, that silently stand in the way right. of some of the amazing women that God's brought around me going forward. I think the other is to develop and encourage young talent like we would if they were male. So like if I see mm-hmm. a young leader or a communicator who's a dude, obviously I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how to help him yeah. either preach or, mm-hmm. or, or lead, but being aggressive about that with same, you know, with women, young women who are talented because they may have already disqualified themselves. They may not right. be as vocal about it saying, mm-hmm. Hey, I want to try preaching. Maybe they yeah, thought yeah. I can't preach or maybe they sure. thought, Oh, I guess I just, I'm not supposed to lead because they're right. always dudes. So right. being maybe a little more aggressive at trying to call that out of some young women, like, Hey, I see this in you. I want you to try it. Yeah. Even if they go, well, I don't know. Well, yeah. maybe they've been believing for 10 years now that that's not for them simply because they're a, a, a girl. And one thing I can do is try to call that out, mm-hmm. to give opportunity and and lean really hard into developing. Yeah. You know, some, sorry, I'm talking probably too much here, but no, the, no, the, that's great. a lot of um, us who are uh, young men in ministry or even in college ministry, people are constantly, we're trying to train me mm-hmm. to be a leader and to be a communicator. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's been happening in like, there's no, what I'm saying, trying to say is farm league mm-hmm. for women. Yeah. And so there's a lot of women trying to get into it in their 20s and their 30s, and they don't have that investment to the, up to this yes. point that a lot of the men yeah. have. So they talk once on stage, and then a bunch of dudes are like, I mean, it was okay. And then <laughs> there was another opportunity. It's like, no, this, this no literally was right. their first time. And it yeah. wasn't even like their first time on our stage. It was probably their first time communicating. Right. Mm-hmm. These other guys whom it was their first time did it mm-hmm. seven or eight other times right. in FCA, in mm-hmm. Campus Crusade, and so on and so forth, realizing that and being willing to go, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a process with you to give you a chance to fan yeah. this talent into flame. Yeah. I think... That's something that men and leadership can do better. Yeah. And to think through for your kids, what, who are the voices that are people are listening to? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it, the beautiful thing about family ministry is it's a conveyor belt. So mm-hmm. like we can, within a generation, scrub that out, that little yeah. girls don't think they can speak because mm-hmm. they see women speak all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or, um, or lead or do whatever. You know, we used to do sixth grade boot camp and we ran into the issue that, you know, who do we want to speak? And we would just say, who are your favorites to speak? And we were like, they're all men, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, I want at least one woman on stage yeah. for a first impression for mm-hmm. new sixth graders. So who's it going to be? And, and so we would, you know, and again, this was 15, 20 years, 15 right. years ago, I guess, um, which isn't that long. So it's not an excuse. I'm just saying that when you just ask people who are your favorite communicators, I bet you they will list 95% men, yeah. you know, um, just having a policy like at every camp, at least one time, this crowd should see boys and girls should mm-hmm. see, you know, a woman speaking, I think is the, these are the sort of th- decisions that we've got to make. Because it could be church is the only place where that's not happening. I mean, it's not like culture is not putting women up in positions to speak or lead. Right. And so it's, it's really a matter of church keeping pace with what they're already seeing outside of church. Yeah. Right. Well, that was something that was always so puzzling to me. I remember at a church where I was volunteering, I had the opportunity to speak. I was really excited about it. And one of the first things that I was asked was, well, what are you going to do to keep the attention of the boys? And I thought mm-hmm. for a second and I thought, well, at the time I was a high school teacher I'm going to do the same thing I do, I do every, every day. day of my life right. when I'm teaching verb conjugation, and this is way more interesting right. than verb conjugation, but it was just in yeah. a, 
an assumption that that wasn't possible where the school system doesn't struggle with this. They, yeah. There's no assumption that women can't teach boys in the school system right. or men can't teach girls. It's just... Yeah. And the amount of times I've sat in the back of the room and thought for a male communicator, that's a total male example. You haven't thought through your audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, I, I, it happens all the time. Yeah. I'm, and that was part of my process is I would figure out my tension as a middle school boy, why I care about this. And then I'd go down to my wife and go... Here's the tension I've come up with. Does this connect with a middle school girl's brain or do I need another example? Like that was just part of my process for, because half the room's girls, actually more than half. And I think if you're a woman on the stage, I think you feel that pressure of, of you're needing to, you're needing to work harder to connect because you know there's a higher. I agree. I'm just saying, I think guys should. Yeah, they should. But I don't think they feel like they need to. No, I think it's And Crystal, we were talking a little bit earlier about the, there is a, a level of pressure on girls <laughs> and someone gets up on the stage and you're sitting in the audience and you're going, please don't screw this up. Like we're <laughs> cheering for you. But like, if this doesn't go well, this might not happen again for mm-hmm. anybody, for another woman. So th- there's, that kind of adds an element of complexity, I think too. pressure. There is an added level of pressure, but chef, I think you brought up something that all of us know, which is we can't teach from a perspective that we don't have. So I've Mm -hmm. never been a middle school boy, Mm -hmm. but I've also never been from the suburbs and I've never grown up in a city. And there's a lot of different perspectives that we have to think through. So maybe one of the the best things that we can begin to do. I love that you asked your wife, Yeah, mm-hmm. what were the tensions that you felt? Yeah. Um, to some degree, we all work with this company called Orange that mm-hmm. creates youth ministry resources. And every time there is a message that we write, it goes through all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds yeah. to right. say, does this still land with you? Yeah. Right. And then I think when you teach yeah. those at, at the individual churches, you almost have to go through that process again yeah. of, yeah. does this still land with all of us? Mm-hmm. The thing, if I could say one, two pieces of advice just to anyone trying to lead people of the opposite gender, mm-hmm. uh, one's already been said, but that first would be to be a student. Mm-hmm. So, And this is if you're a man, if you're a woman in leadership, you've got to be a student of the other gender. Chef was just talking about this. But it doesn't just apply to messaging. It applies to if you're a host in front of there. Someone's, mm-hmm. hey, will you host right. an event? All right, well, who's the guy that you talk to to go, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Do you think that's funny? Um, if you are mm-hmm. writing curriculum, if you're making small group questions, if you are yeah. doing a leader training, yeah. it doesn't matter what you're doing. You need to have somebody of who helps you be a good student of that gender. It can be your spouse, wife, boyfriend, friend, mm-hmm. roommate, one of someone on staff, so on and so forth. So, I mean, so number one, be a student. Be a student of the other gender. Period. That mm-hmm. seems obvious, but I think it's easy in the pace of ministry just to go, I got it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll just think of it the best I can. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Have your person that helps you be a student. The second thing, if I was a leader or if I was speaking to a young leader, I would tell them, you've got to give the other gender, not just your time of being a student, you need to give them a person. And here's what I mean. Chef, you kind of mentioned this with speaking. As a leader, you got to give your girls in the room a girl on the stage. I think mm-hmm. you've got to mm-hmm. do that. I think you've yeah. absolutely got to do that. Be yeah. it a host, a, a communicator, at an event, that kind of thing. But also give them a girl in the creative process. Uh, that's a gift you can mm. give the women in your ministry if mm. you're a man. Yeah. Uh, and vice versa. If you're a, a woman leading a student ministry, give your, your boys a guy in the creative process to go like, hold on a second. Yeah. That yeah. sounds really girly. Can I suggest an alternative or an add-on yeah. or a plus one? You're giving them a gift of representation 
and also in the trenches. Like if you're a group's director, some of you are leading volunteers and you might be a woman and there's a lot of men in there. Well, you know what? What if you recruited one of them to be a coach? Because yeah. some of the men are going to have a moment where they're like, I kind of just want to talk to another man about this particular issue. Great. I gave you mm-hmm. a person yeah. and this is a coach to have. Yeah. So that's where we found our ministries took off. When I could have a separate guys and groups director who's mm-hmm. dealing with the guys and groups, yeah. small group leaders who are dealing with the guys and girls groups. As the as the campuses grew, when yeah. when that happened, that was the trigger for yeah. explosive effectiveness, explosive growth. Yeah, I don't know why, but That's I think it, it's to what you're saying. And if you're a small church like I grew up in, you know mm-hmm. where <laughs> you know it's seven of us with my dad. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I think what you said, Jamie, is exactly right. Like, find a volunteer, then find someone. You know, mm-hmm. and my dad was a volunteer, but the idea of giving them the gift of having you know, the same gender to go to for something, the same, a different gender within the creative context of how mm-hmm. things were led. I mean, I, you know, my dad did a great job with what he knew, but it was very based on his experience, right. his background, his gender, you know, right. to, to think beyond that. I mean, you know, one of the filters we think through a ton here is small church and large church. Mm-hmm. Like those are different, you know, mm-hmm. the, like you were talking about urban, suburban, all that sort of stuff, male and female all of those things should yeah. be part of your matrix as you're trying right. to figure out what to do. This conversation, honestly, isn't too far away from the race conversation. Yeah. Of saying, you yeah, know, you should be having conversations with right. people of a different race than you. You should right. be mm-hmm. thinking from that, you know, asking great <laughs> well, questions. I remember Gerald, for instance, and a little bit embarrassing is I used to use the term drive-by, mm-hmm. drive-by leadership all the time as kind of a joke about, you know, leaders who don't pay attention and then swing mm-hmm. in and, you know, change all the plans and basically deflate anybody who worked for them, those sorts of things. Then I had Gerald Fatiomi, who's been on a few episodes with us, you know, black guy, grew up more inner city, mm-hmm. much more inner city than me <laughs> from the country. And he just stopped me one day and said, that's not funny to me. Like, I was like, oh, because yeah. he's seen it, yeah. you know, yeah. that that's a filter that right. I need to, if I'm going to be an effective communicator to a diverse audience, to a large audience, it's just one of my responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's interesting you bring up how we speak because just like that example there with race, I early on it's in my communicating realized I was doing the same thing with gender uh, and it yeah. we would be, I would sometimes, I do sound effects and sometimes I do voices uh-huh. and I, my voice for a girl, I didn't even realize it or think about it, but I had a voice for a girl yeah. and eventually a girl leader was like, hey, you know you do that voice for a girl and it's kind of like dumb. It's I mean, like it's funny, voice. but it's like, <laughs> it's it doesn't make girls yeah. look good. And Can you like, just give us an example just really quick? And you're like, oh my gosh. And like, you know, that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> and someone was nicely pointing out like, look, that's funny. I know you're giving a good heart, but like right. it can communicate yeah. that's how you view girls, which it isn't how I view girls. Right. I was just trying to be funny. Or in my examples, and now I'm getting into communicating here, but my examples in communicating, I would um, often, sometimes because of lack of preparation of that particular section, mm. like either in the often setup. Often because of what? Yeah, well, you know, Sunday's in my experience <laughs> with my own communication. Okay. I'm not making any judgments on Jamie. He's um, one of the best communicators I know. Either the, well, thanks. I appreciate that. But um, anyway, in the setup, I'm giving some examples of, hey, maybe you've done this and hey, maybe you've done that. Or in the application, hey, maybe you need to go and do this. I would kind of default to some stereotypes yeah. and they weren't like mm-hmm. malicious stereotypes, yeah. but nevertheless, it was like, well, girls, you know, maybe for you it's this. And it's like, well, of course you said that, you know, right, like right. that's the one you kind of say every time. Right. Like maybe you have some hurt feelings and guys, maybe it's in when you're <laughs> success. And, you know, I, it wasn't those. I can't even remember what it would be, but realizing that my language, 
I had a blind spot in my language. And someone else had to point that out. And yeah. I was like, oh. Well, this is such a great, I mean, this is why communicating so hard and why 80% of it, 90% of it is the prep. Because yeah. those are the differences that are going to separate you from a great communicator, mm-hmm. you know, who can talk to a diverse audience versus mm-hmm. somebody who people just enjoy listening to. Because off know? the cuff, you're going to default to what you you're know. You're going to, yeah. Yeah. And to take the time and go to ask yourself on purpose, right. what am I going to default to? And how do I keep from defaulting right. yet? You know, yeah. I mean, I think that's just next level leadership. Yeah. I love what you said, Jamie, about inviting somebody into the creative process. Cause I think there's a lot of benefit that's obviously visual for having someone on the stage that you can see, but inviting someone in on the back end or the front end before you're even having someone on stage. I think there's a lot of value in that too, that I don't, wouldn't normally think through. I think that's really good. Okay, so this has been, for the most part, kind of higher level when it comes to leading students of the opposite gender. What are some practical ways that we can just make this more applicable to leaders? You know, in the last, what, eight months? I mean, since summer camp, Mm -hmm. Crystal spoke at summer camp, and that was kind of a big, that was a big one for you. It was a big moment for me. It was a much larger audience than I'd ever spoken to. So I think on the practical side, like, can you talk about how you felt? how it came about, maybe what you did in response to all of those questions as a female speaker who's thinking about these things. Mm -hmm. Sure. So as a female who had spoken, I would not have called myself a female speaker. (laughs) Who has? Um, I would now. (laughs) And uh, we were preparing for high school camp, which is our annual summer camp. And it it was really exciting. We had one of the best female communicators in the country set to be there and she couldn't make it. Yeah. And... So I started pushing for another one of the, I mean, just this woman that I just so respect. I think she's an amazing communicator to make it, and she couldn't make it. And so the question came up of, would I be willing to speak? And the answer was no. (laughs) (laughs) And I told, I could go around the room going, I told you no, and I told you no, and I told you no. And the reason was I didn't, like Jamie had mentioned earlier, I just didn't have the reps in to step onto a stage of that size. It had been some time and spoken at some smaller FCAs, but even that sort of infrequently. And guys, to say I was scared is the biggest understatement. I mean, there was a lot of sleep loss (laughs) (laughs) because I I didn't want to botch it, not just for my own, you know, ego or whatever. I didn't want to botch it because there were, you know, 2000 kids in the room and if I lost half of them, then that was their summer camp experience. Right. That was a lot of the line. That was a lot yeah. on the line, and mm-hmm. I was so I was so nervous about it. And so, um, and of course, echoing in my mind was the question I had been asked years ago, which was, "How do you keep the boys' attention?" Hmm. And I, I would say my stunning good looks would be the first place to start. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but in case that wasn't it, yeah, in case <laughs> that wasn't it, I as I started working on the message. I was lucky to have an incredible support system mm-hmm. of guys to bounce ideas off of. And so two of them are sitting here at mm-hmm. the table. They both saw first drafts and yeah. sent such great feedback. So helpful. Stuart Hall was mm-hmm. one of the ones I sent to. Ben Crawshaw was one of the ones I sent it to. And there were, you know, just guy after guy after guy. I sent them this talk and said, what do you think? What doesn't land? And, you know, they would circle words or phrases and send it back and say, I yeah. would tweak that. Or I would say that some would send it back with voice recordings and say, I would say it in this tone of voice. Wow. Which was so That's helpful, awesome. mm-hmm. yeah, so helpful. And so then we get to the big day, and you know, I remember what eating was like at that point, but I hadn't eaten in <laughs> days because I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And your parents were there. My parents oh my showed up. Like that's what a big deal it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Like two thousand kids, 
adults in our industry that I barely know. And then every colleague I have, we're all in the same place. (laughs) And my mom and dad showed up. So I was so nervous. And not only did I have all of those people who had, who had sort of helped prepare the talk, but, and then chef came backstage and said, Hey, can I pray for you? And I said, yes, please. (laughs) And also he said, you're going to kill it. And that was the last Mm -hmm. words I heard before I walked on stage was you're going to kill it. And then you killed it. And well, that is, (laughs) that is very kind. But from the stage where I was most nervous, I did not see my parents. I saw Jamie sitting in the front row, nodding. (laughs) And then, and then apparently he was texting through the whole thing because I got this barrage of text messages (laughs) afterwards Um, and, and then came up afterwards and gave me just the most helpful feedback, but also just the kindest, most encouraging. I will never forget those conversations because as a woman, sometimes it does feel like there's a lot of pressure and you get one shot to make it great. And I felt like I didn't step on that stage alone. I stepped on a stage with a team of a whole bunch of men who had paved the way and said, you're going to kill it and here's how you do it. So. That's awesome. Can I please not cry on a podcast about being a woman? Oh, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I just want to I'm point out. I'm crying if that helps. <laughs> yeah, it's, but no, it's just emotional. I just want to point out, though, it's not like Crystal had special help. That's the help that I've had all along the way in my yeah. career. That's a good point. That's great really people good coming point. alongside me. People believed in me. People that I could share my talks with. People that when I screwed up, they were like, it's okay. I believe in you. You're going to do better next yeah. time. In fact, here's two or three things I can yeah. help, mm-hmm. which I didn't, I didn't even do that well, with you. I'm just saying, but that's been going. Well, that's why I need to go going. back and pray with, because yes, everybody prays with me before yeah. I go on a camp. You know right. I mean? Yeah. If somebody does, somebody so does. Back, so you didn't get special attention or help. You just got the, what you deserved, which was to have your family and, and friends around yeah. you. And, and, and you, yeah. you did exactly what God had called you to do. And, you, and you, you delivered that message really, really, really well. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. I remember I, my text message stream to people was like, this message has gone beyond speaking to just pure leadership. Yeah. Like, awesome. I mean, when she was having people stand up, for yeah. the, I thought, kind. my gracious, this was, awesome. it was the best camp talk I've heard in That was years. really, it was really awesome. kind. Very good. Um, I'm actually scrolling through Jamie's text messages. <laughs> 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 but this is, this is what I'm talking about. Before the talk ever happened, number one, intro. Definitely do the dog illustration. <laughs> you don't want to sound like a teacher, but you won't. It'll be fine. Number two, the tension. I'd move away from you. Don't know what you're doing. I think you'll get pushed back. You can keep most of it. Here's the words I would use instead. It's that wow. kind of practical help. And I yeah. could go down. There is a stream of text messages. So it seems like so there's, it, it's both. I mean, it's Crystal, your willingness to invite people into the process. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when right. you create yep. content, there it's very personal. It feels very personal to let someone in and, and to invite them to kind of tear it apart a little bit. But if you want to improve and be the most effective in reaching the audience that you have, there needs to be a level of vulnerability in inviting someone in. But then also having the people mm-hmm. around you who are willing to do that and not just correct or guide, but just be encouragers and cheerleaders of you along the way as well. It's and if you're scared enough, you'll invite them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Any other examples of what practical ways... We can lead students of the opposite gender. I just think even just the pronouns you use are simple mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. You know, he or she, or sometimes mm-hmm. just drop a she. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially when it comes to leadership or, you yeah. know, something like that. So, yeah. That's good. Those are nice. Someone told me one time randomly after a talk, they're like, I did that. I only said she. Like, if, or I only used a girl example. And when usually I might go a guy and then right. add on a girl, mm-hmm. I just said, yeah. 
she or whatever. And yeah. someone's like, hey, I noticed you did that. Thanks. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's okay just to do a girl example. Right. Right. Because it's definitely okay just to do a guy example sometimes. Well, mm-hmm. it's not, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But it just you goes feel to like show it is. people are paying attention. Right. And those little things stand out and matter. I do just want to throw out one thing. I think we all agree. I just don't want us to lose sight of as important as it is to talk about these very tangible and intentional things that we can do to lead students of the opposite gender, regardless of what gender we are. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that the, the, the most compelling thing about you in the end of the day isn't going to be your gender or how well you can reach across the aisle to the other gender. It's mm-hmm. going to be that you love Jesus and mm-hmm. you love students. Mm-hmm. All students want to be follow someone who loves them and who mm-hmm. loves Jesus. And, and, and it goes the same for communicating. It's like someone who puts in the hard work in their craft, whether you get it perfectly or not. Yeah, you got to be intentional. You need to have people speaking in your process. But if you get up there and you've worked really hard, you love the word of God and you love students, that's the thing. Like, so my biggest, I mean, it's, female communicators have asked me before. And one of the things I just say is go love Jesus with everything you've got and go be as great as you can. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You're going to be phenomenal. God's going to, and if you don't say the perfect joke for a guy or, you know, you say something like, oh, that was kind of girly. Okay. I do that too. But you know what? In the end of the day, I do just lean on the fact that like, I really do freaking love every student that I talk to. Yeah. And I'm trying the best I can to love Jesus. I think in the end of the day, like, just go chase that, especially I would say that to a woman yeah. leader or communicator. Go chase that and you'll be the real deal and you'll be undeniable. Yeah. Even when people don't give you the time of day or they discount you, mm-hmm. you'll still be undeniable. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of biblical examples of that yeah. too, um, of just people that like probably shouldn't have been in the position that they yeah. were, but mm-hmm. God was with them and they were fully surrendered to him and it was kind of undeniable, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was com- more compelling than anyone's skepticism. Yeah. So. Okay, so as we get closer to kind of wrapping up, what are some ways that we can lead offstage students of the opposite gender? I would say no matter what size church you're in, no individual leader should be the only leader in any student's mm-hmm. life. Okay. No matter if you've got a group of five or a group of 5,000 kids, there needs to be multiple leaders involved. There need to be multiple genders. And that's why, I mean, that's why I'm such a big fan of small groups ministry. Yeah. So that one person yep. isn't carrying the weight of ministering to every kid. Right. But you've got guys to lead guys, girls to lead girls, and guys and girls that both can look up to. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to have lots of leaders involved. That's good. Lots I think, yeah, being a student ministry that's centered around yourself, Crystal, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. That is unintentionally probably sexist because mm-hmm. you're going to do a better job loving on mostly the gender that you identify mm-hmm. with. and. Yeah. You got to give them a person, give them yeah. someone of their gender and give them a small group leader. And because by the way, also you shouldn't be having one-on-ones with people of the opposite gender right. in today's culture and world with everything mm-hmm. that's going on and yeah. more and more and more cases like the, that, uh, the, uh, 700 abused, right. you know, kids thing that just came out within the yeah. Baptist church. I mean, we just have got to have yeah. guardrails in place. And so I don't think the answer is to go start having one-on-ones if you're a guy with a bunch of girls in your student ministry. That is not the, the solution. Please right. don't. <laughs> Nor the opposite way around. So right. be strategic. Yeah, I'm just thinking through, I don't know how to apply this, but I'm just thinking, but if a girl does come to you and they're the, you are the person they've trusted, right. you know, mm-hmm. that, that um, so be wise about it, you know, <laughs> like where you'd sit down and talk. Yeah. But at the same time, I, you know, when a kid has chosen someone to tell something to, you know, and it might not be appropriate or you may need to bring, you may need to be wise about it, but don't just, you know, again, it's balance. It's well, I bet yeah. you've done this before where, you, yes, absolutely. Like yeah. I have girls come to me and they'll share, I mean, this doesn't happen all the time, but they'll share something very hurtful, yeah. personal, whatever. Right. And I've got to be ready to like lean in, be yeah. there yeah. for her. But the thing that I think we've all probably done before is, especially as a pastor, I've gone like, Hey, 
Thank you so much for sharing this. Here's some of my thoughts. But before yeah, we're done, does right. your small group leader know about this? Yes. Do, you, can, with your, do I have your permission to get them involved? Because right. you know what? I think your small group leader is going to have a perspective and maybe be able to talk to you about this in a way that I can't. I'm going to do my yeah, best, no, and no. I'm here for you. The whole, I mean, I'm in yeah. Yeah. till the end. But I think she's going to be able to bring something. I'm going to guide you. Well, it's right. just, I'm really thinking of that moment you're panicking. You right. know, yeah. like there, there's a, oh my gosh, you know, no matter who it is, mm-hmm. maybe a multiplier, maybe just addition to it. We know it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, you know, especially if you're high school, it's an opposite gender. You've got to be super wise, but you also have to honor the fact that you might be the only, the first person and maybe only person ever that they're going to trust enough to say something. So how do mm-hmm. I, one, make sure it gets out and two, pass it on mm-hmm. in a responsible yeah. matter. You know, what I just, if- I just want to be super careful because it's ministry, you yeah. know, and some it's messy. It's mm-hmm. some of the things we have to do. So, but be smart. Please be smart. <laughs> One of my favorite jobs as a volunteer at the last church I was in was it was a, you know, a guy was leading that ministry. But I was a single girl. I didn't have, you know, kids to get right. home to. And so his request to me was can you just make sure that you are always one of the last people in the room. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is if a kid walks up to me in the middle of the hallway and starts to have a personal conversation, can you just exist mm-hmm. in our general space? Just don't leave. Don't mm-hmm. leave me alone with them. Just mm-hmm. stick around so that yeah. there's never a, t- a time where there's just a girl in me in That's the building. That's a great practical mm-hmm. tip mm-hmm. And I, I, and I loved that role. And it was great just yeah. to be around mm-hmm. and, you know, Sometimes step into the conversations and sometimes just be another human being yeah. in this space. In this space. Another set of eyes. In the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's good. That is good. So good. I wonder if off stage there's, maybe this is a more of a man thing, but thinking about the, the even just the way you speak and joke mm-hmm. in, in public, uh, you know, what, there is a way that some, with guys, usually the way you talk with the guys, but then there's a way you talk with, mm-hmm. you know, women present. And as a student pastor, I'm careful to, not create, accidentally create a culture around me where girls don't feel welcome or they feel like he talk, He just really wants to hang with guys. I wonder if that's something that, to think about. I don't I know. I think that's, that's actually true for both genders. Yeah. That sometimes girls in a group can, can talk about men or talk about boys like they're stupid. Mm, that's and true. Yeah. we have to be careful as women in leadership to not talk yeah. about men like they're... Like there was even for a while, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, there was a sitcom culture. Mm-hmm. For about 10 years yep. where the guy in every sitcom was just an idiot. Especially the dad. Mm-hmm. The dad. It was the always the dad. He was always yeah. an idiot. And yeah. it became okay among women to just talk about men like that. Yeah. And so the same thing is true. When it's women sitting around, we don't want to create a culture where we assume every guy in the room is not as smart. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. It goes both ways. I think in closing, I mean, I, I just feel like it's prep. You know, mm-hmm. and part of your preparation process has to be running through the different filters of who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. And those include, they're not just all sports kids, you know, mm-hmm. there's yeah. some band kids and there's some drama kids. <laughs> there's guys, there's girls, there's, you know, different genders, obviously genders, different races, things to think through um, as you're prepping. So just don't miss that part of your preparation. Chef, that was great. And guys, I want to thank all three of you for being here and contributing to this conversation. This was super insightful and helpful. And I have to be honest, there was more here than I thought there was going to be. So that was awesome. So if you have a friend who came to mind as you're listening to this episode who you thought uh, might benefit from this conversation, you can send them to our website, rethinkingym.org. And until next time, thank you for listening.